had other plans. I believe if some of you would obey the Lord today, there'd be an overflow of His blessing in this place. That's what I believe. I sense the presence of God in a strong way in this service. Would you believe me if I told you somebody needs salvation today? Somebody need to fall from the ranks of sin and cry out, what must I do to be saved? Jesus is in the building. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Leanne, for that testimony. You see, we can never do anything about where we are until we make an acknowledgement. We come full circle with the reality of where we are. I don't know how you feel about your existence, but I'm overjoyed that God has found favor in me. Do you believe today you're the favorite of the beloved? Come on, y'all don't sound too convinced. I said, do you believe today you're the favorite of the beloved? Do you know today that you're the apple of your daddy's eye? Do you know that above all of creation that you're the prize? Somebody missed a good place to shout. You're the prize of all creation. I, I need to tell somebody here today, you are not a mistake. I need to tell somebody in this room today, you are not the result of a circumstance. But I need to tell you, you are the favorite of the beloved. You're the apple of your daddy's eye. Spirit of the Lord's already libertized me now. He gave me freedom. So I'm going to preach that if it makes the devil mad. Many of us have wandered aimlessly for the duration of most of our entire lives wondering why we were created. You were created to serve the Lord. We were born to glorify God. Hello, somebody. We were born to glorify God. To add to his worth, to his value. Do you know that everything he made, he said it was good except when he made you. When he made us, he had he had he added a little extra. Brother, Brother Mike, he would say he put the icing on the cake. Why? Because he said when he made us, he saw that it was very good. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me. I attempted to preach this weeks ago. Genesis 1 and 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27. Praise the Lord. You see, it's a very debatable and contentious subject right now in our world because people have adapted, adopted the mindset that they are self-made. They arrived at where they are on their own. But that, that, that's contrary to the Bible. And we believe the Bible is God's accurate word. Somebody say amen. Let's look at Genesis 1.26 and see what the word of God tells us. Are you there? Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Holy Spirit, we look to you. 
we invite your presence into the very midst of this congregation of people who have assembled today for the sole purpose of worshiping you. I release right now by the authority of Jesus' name the power of the Holy Ghost to convict the lost of sin. Bring them to salvation in the name of Jesus. Let everything, Lord, that's done through the remainder of this service be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. And for it, we will give you praise. In Jesus' name, God's church said amen. Amen. I'd like to preach a thought. The three-dimensional nature of man. Three-dimensional nature of man in his image, in his image. Isn't it fitting that on the last day of Genesis' account of creation, that God finished his work with a very personal touch? Don't you feel blessed today? God made everything and then he made man. You see, humanity has a material body. But we have an immaterial soul and spirit. That means it's not comprised or composed by the con of, of matter. All right? Not only do we have a physical body, we have an immaterial soul and or spirit. There, there, there's a thought, a body of thought that many embrace. It's called dichotomy. Dichotomy means that uh, many people believe that we're created as, as flesh and bones, but also that the soul and the spirit of man are united and form the essence of our being. But there's also the trichotomy, which supports the thought process that we are flesh and blood, but we have a soul and a separate spirit. Amen. I'm going to leave that for you to argue with. But in reality, the matter, I believe that when God created man, he set us apart from all of creation. Praise the Lord. He set us apart from all of creation. How is that? Because he allowed us the prize of creation, to commune or fellowship with him who is our maker. Anybody grateful that God made us so we could fellowship with him, that we could commune with him? Somebody said, you mean he don't talk to the animals? Listen, everything is subject to God because he made everything. But the Bible tells us there's one kind of flesh of animals and then there's another kind of flesh of humanity. Am I right? And even though animals have emotions and they can feel things, God didn't bless them with a soul. Some of us would beg to differ that because we've gotten so close to household pets. But the truth of the matter is what sets us apart is that God gave us a soul and a spirit so that we could fellowship with him. He gave us the ability to reason and to choose. So mentally, you and I as creation, we're created as a rational agent. That, that, that means intelligent. You say, wait, preacher, animals are intelligent. Sure they are. 
Some of them know how to get out of the rain better than humans do. Preach, preacher. I got to go on. Morally, that means having to do with right and wrong behavior. Creation, amen, you and I, humanity, we were created as a reflection of the holiness of God. You know, in the beginning in the garden that Adam and Eve only knew a God conscience. They only knew God until the fall. Until they sinned, they only had God consciousness. But then they became sin conscious. Is anybody glad today that God has blessed us as rational agents, that we have intelligence and we have uh, the power to choose freely as free moral agents? Is anybody grateful for that? Praise the Lord. Socially, that means relating to society. Humanity was created for fellowship. What's fellowship? Friendly association. God created us to be sociable. But here's something interesting. The soul and the spirit are connected, but they are separate. Can I preach this? Let's look at Hebrews 4 and 12. Hebrews 4 and 12. It said, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let me echo this again. The soul and the spirit of man are connected yet separate. For our soul is the essence of our being. While the spirit is the immaterial part of you and I as human beings that connects directly with God. Help me Holy Spirit. I want to preach this. Our soul is the essence. It's the core nature of our being. While the spirit is the immaterial part of humanity that connects us with God. Well, let's look at the human body. Let's look at the human body. Are you intrigued by the human body? I'm intrigued by the human body because the human body is made up of a whole lot of parts. Do you know there's no way that somebody could have just had a gaseous explosion in the universe that we know came into existence. So in other words, science wants you to believe that the, that, that the universe hiccuped and the world came into existence. Does that not align with the Genesis creation account? No, it doesn't. Because my Bible says God spoke it and there it was. So Brother Barnes, they said, Preacher, don't you believe in the Big Bang Theory? Absolutely, God spoke it and bang, there it was. Hello? The Bible said, God said, let there be light. And there was light. So, amen. I, I don't know what kind of demonstration took place. I just know that the sovereign creator of the ends of the earth spoke it, and there it was. But scientists say that we have a skeletal system that's made up of 206 bones. Now, some people would argue that and say that, that, you know, that's different. Well, that is true because some bones fuse with other bones over the process of time. So that by the time we're about 21 years of age, we have a complete skeletal system, and it is 206 bones. Is that okay? The human body is a complex structure that God said, Sister Heather, from the dust of the earth, he created. Boy, that ought to make us want to shout. I don't know how many miles, Brother Marty, of, of blood vessels, capillaries, arteries, and veins that the body consists of. But can you look at your neighbor and say it's a whole heap of them? 
It's a whole heap of them. Brother Arbus, about how many quarts of blood in a human body? About seven quarts of blood in a human body. Flowing through those miles of capillaries, arteries, and veins. You see, from the heart, an artery sends that blood flow through the capillaries that returns to the heart in a vein. You, you say, preacher, can you explain? No, I can't explain it. I'm not the architect, the master builder. I didn't have anything to do with the complexity of the human body. Who but God, amen? Who but God could have formed the complexity of the human body? It's a physical structure. It includes our bones, flesh, and our organs. But let me help us to understand that the human body is also made up of intangibles. What does that mean? It means without physical existence. In other words, praise the Lord, they're incapable of being touched uh, by human hand. What does that mean? It means we have a soul and we have a spirit that house our wills, our intellects, our emotions, and the list goes on and on. Our bodies exist as the physical container that houses immaterial features. Who but God, amen, could do such things as these? Who but God? Anybody blessed today that God put it all together and uniquely gave it to each one of us? And that's almost, what is it, 7 billion people that live on the planet Earth right now and no two fingerprints are the same. I'm talking about the three-dimensional nature of man made in the image of God. Brother Jason, there's nobody just like you. Amen. We see twins and we say uh, they're, they're identical. But let me tell you something. They're not identical because God has blessed each of them with their own unique uh, functions and, and, and he's blessed them with their unique qualities and abilities. Even though they might look like uh, it's science that says their DNA is not the same. Who can do that but God? Has Satan ever tried to devalue any of you in this room? Has Satan ever said to you, your life will never amount to nothing and you'll never be nobody? Amen. Casting crowns right now. Sing the song, I'm a nobody. Trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. Thank the living God we are made in his image and in his likeness. I know I'm different than a lot of people. That's because, Brother Harold sings, I'm a child of the one true king. I'm made in the very image of God. What does image mean? It means in the likeness or in the resemblance of God. Somebody say, you ugly as the devil. You better check yourself. The Bible said the devil was the most beautiful angel. Oh, that's just a phrase that we've adopted through the years. And we tell somebody, oh, that, that person is ugly as the devil. The devil was beautiful. That's part of what got him in trouble. He said, nobody can't play these instruments like me. And if I don't offer worship in heaven... Who's going to glorify God like he needs to be? Because I ought to be receiving the glory that God is getting. Y'all ain't going to help me. And that's the very thing that got him kicked out of heaven, pride. But I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God made me who I am. And I might not be appealing. I might not be, amen. Some of y'all said, oh God, I found my husband. And he, glory to God, was my knight in shining armor. Until you was married to him a few years and realized he's just a fool wrapped up in tinfoil. Preach, preacher, preach. I'm talking about the human body. Our bodies exist, glory to God, as the physical container uh, that house the immaterial features, amen, our soul and our spirit. Let's look at Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. 
Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Paul goes on to say, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here's what Paul is doing. He's connecting the entire material or physical structure of human beings with both the soul and the spirit. Remember I said earlier that they are connected, yet they are separate. Amen. They are connected, yet separate. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's been said, listen, that we are not bodies with souls. We are souls that have bodies. You get that? We live eternally as a spirit. Help me now. We live eternally as a spirit. My, my, my. We have a soul and we dwell in a body. Now here's where we get this twisted at. Where we get this twisted at is we all, I felt that in my spirit. Y'all with me? Mm, God just dropped this in my spirit. You heard that? Let's be cautious how we use that. Because the spirit, listen, our souls house our mind, our wills, our intellect, and emotion. It's with our souls that we choose to listen and obey the Holy Spirit's desires. It's our spirit that contains moral sense, a conscience upon which the Holy Ghost can move and convict of sin. Our spirit is the part of us that is most like God. Our spirit. And I can help somebody in here and tell you. Praise God. I want want to tell you. That's the part of us that's going to live forever. That's the part that's going to live forever. Everybody with me? Just as sure as we born, the carcass that we're walking around in, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fade away. The worms are going to eat it. I don't care what funeral home you go to and how, how, how much the vault costs and the casket. I promise you that over the course of time, that body that you're housed in right now is going to decay and waste away. But the soul and the spirit of man, it's going to live on forever somewhere, somebody. Whether it be in the peaceful bliss of heaven or in the lake of fire which burns forever and ever. And where the Bible says that we're going to be tormented both day and night forever and forever. We're going to live on somewhere. We're going to live on somewhere, saints of God. I felt that in my spirit. No, it's the soul, hallelujah to God, that houses our emotions. We feel it in our soul. We sense it in our spirit, which houses our minds and our intellects. Am I preaching to anybody? Are you getting this harvest, church? So praise the Lord, what we feel is the presence of God. Say the presence. I feel the presence of God.
I heard the word of God in the book of John that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The mind is the center of our being. It's the heart that houses, glory to God, the center of our immaterial man. I'm not preaching to anybody. Amen. It was Jeremiah the prophet. Amen. The God said, no man knows his heart for his heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. But I, the Lord, I know the heart. I search the reins. I try the innermost being of a man. No man knows his own heart but God. But God. Got to move on. The soul the Greek word for soul is psyche. The Hebrew is nephesh. It's found over 780 times in the Old Testament. And many, 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 many times we confuse or get confused about the difference between the soul and the spirit. Mr. George MacDonald was a Scottish author, a poet, and eventually a minister. And he said, don't teach your children that stuff. Here's what you should teach them. You don't have a soul. You are a soul that has a body. Did everybody get that? You don't have a soul. You are a soul. You ever saw folks that saw somebody that, that, that act like they were born out of due season and they say they're just an old soul? You ever heard that? See a young person say they got an old soul. Come on, y'all looking at me like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard that. You're from Robinson County, I promise you. In circles, you've heard that. Here's the truth of the matter. We don't have a soul. We are a soul that occupies a body. Souls differ from our bodies because souls continue to live even after physical death. Praise the Lord. Souls live after physical death. Let's look at 1 Peter 1.22. 1 Peter 1. 22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. What is that saying? It's saying that the soul is that part of us that is both purified and protected by the truth. And the soul is the work of the Holy Ghost, saints of God. Look at Leviticus 17 and 11. I'm trying to hurry. Leviticus 17 and 11. Let's listen to what the Bible says. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your. Did it say your spirit? To make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the souls. What does that mean, preacher? It means that, amen, it exists as the part of us. The soul exists as the part of us that needs atonement. What does atonement mean? It means restored fellowship with God. At one minute. That's breaking the word atonement down. At one minute. You know how it's only possible? How is atonement possible? How uh, can we find redemption for our souls? Only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The soul of any individual is the courtroom where the decisions of life are made. Hallelujah to God somebody. There are two things that last. You ready? Two things that last. The word of God and the soul of man. That last. Our soul's going to spend eternity somewhere. You might as well brace yourself for this. Our soul's going to live on through eternity. Hello? Who gave us a soul? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. 
God gave us the soul. We emphasize the body with its pleasures and its appetites. But what about the soul? Look at Psalm 63 and 1. Psalm 63 and 1. It was a psalm of David in the wilderness of Judah. He said, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. What is that? Amen. The psalmist is expressing his deepest longing, his deepest desires. If you remember, this was after the departure of Absalom and David was hiding from his enemies. He was alone and he was crying out to God. He was talking about, Brother Khan, the desires of his own soul soul the desires of his own soul how about psalm 42 1 psalms 42 and 1 as a deer pants for the water brooks so pants my soul for you oh god preacher what in the world what in the world does that mean just like the deer Oh, glory to God, running because he, he, he fears that his life is about to be taken. He's, he's running for his life. And he's saying that he has the desire, this unquenchable thirst. Why? Because he has, he's exhausted, brother. He's expended all his energy. Amen. He's done. Am I talking to anybody in this room today? What are you saying, preacher? As the deer depends on the water, our lives depend on our relationship with God. And I'll tell you when we can rest. We can rest once we're restored. You're not going to find rest till you're restored. Somebody better write that down. You're not going to find rest until you're restored. What does rest mean? The cessation from labor. That's what it means. It means I can, I, I can sit down from the cares and affairs and the worries and concerns and anxiety that, that, that's coupled with this thing called life. And what can I do? I can rest in the very presence of God. But the truth of the matter is, Brother Tedrick, if there's sin in our life, if the things that separate us from God, amen, we can't even sleep at night until we make a restoration under the Lord. Lord, our God, and how, Sister Mary, can that take place except that I acknowledge my sin and then I repent unto God, amen, through confession, and after that I'm restored in right relationship and standing with God. Amen. Sister Leanne acknowledged it this morning. When you, when you find yourself not doing the things you ought to do, when you find yourself drifting from your lifeline, when you find yourself straying off the beaten path, preach, preacher, when you find yourself disconnected from God, it's a lonely feeling. Anybody ever walked out the will of God? Y'all can testify in the Lord's presence. Anybody ever walked out the will of God in this room? It's a horrible feeling, somebody. I've had to counsel individuals because they walked out of the will of God. And do you know that walking out of the will of God is willful disobedience? And in the midst of that, if God should come, you would be lost eternally. Would God... She said she found herself saying what David said in the psalm. Lord, cast me not away from your presence. Please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Good Lord. How about that, Brother Jason? Please, God, don't take your Holy Spirit. Don't cast me, Lord, away from your presence. I've heard people testify of how that God had granted them their wishes because they thought uh, they were superhumans and they could walk uh, in their own way and not feel the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I can't function, glory to God, in this life without feeling the very presence of Almighty God. I don't want to imagine walking in this world apart from the presence of God or out of the will of God it's got to be a horrible thing there's no way there's no way that you could carry on under the weight 
of all that would press you if you detached yourself from the will of God. Not after you've tasted the goodness of the Lord. No way. Because it would be unbearable. This is the reason people commit suicide. Because the burdens of life weigh them down so heavy. You see, we have a spirit and a soul that God connects with. Hmm? Thank God that in this fleshly body, we occupy this planet. But it's the spirit and soul that connect with the Lord. Right? Anybody grateful for the spirit of God? Anybody grateful for the very presence of the Lord? Won't it comfort you in the midnight hour? Won't it whisper sweet peace to your soul? I wish I had about three witnesses in here. Won't it, Brother Anthony, in the trying hour, won't God just tell you everything's going to be all right? When you're about to lose somebody that you love so dearly, won't God just move in and put his loving arms around you and let you know, praise God, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Won't God do that? How's he doing that, friend? Because immaterially, the, the, the part of us that he has given, a soul and a spirit, it connects directly with God. Preacher, you better hurry. You better fix this thing. The spirit. How about the spirit of man? The Hebrew word ruach, the Greek word pneuma. Over 700 times throughout the scripture. Every human being, not is a spirit, has a spirit. Y'all get that? Every human being is not a spirit, but immaterially we possess a spirit. Okay? I want to make myself perfectly clear. I want, to be, I want to be transparent, as clear as crystal. You remember when God said, let's make man? The account of Genesis goes on to say that God made him. It was very good. God gave him dominion over everything. God said, I've, I've given you food to eat. I'm going to take care of you. And it was very good. Let's look at Genesis 2 and 7. Let's look at Genesis 2 and 7. But Genesis 2 and 7 enlightens us to a greater degree. Am I right? For the Bible said in the book of Genesis 2 and 7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Watch this. Watch this. And breathe into his nostrils. The breath of life. And man became a living soul. Sisters, brothers, can you show me where God breathed on any other creation? Can you show me where God breathed on the animals and they became souls? Can you? You know why? Because we're the prize of creation. We're that piece of creation that's connected more closely to God than anything. Why? Because he created us for fellowship, friendly association. You remember in the book of Genesis in the cool of the day, God came into the midst of the garden and he fellowshiped with Adam and with Eve. Preach, preacher. So what are you trying to say? As, 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 as in the image of God, we were created as much like God, uh, Brother Mike, as we looked that's what image means, likeness, okay, resemblance. We were still lying there dormant, not functioning, not breathing, 
in any capacity. But Genesis 2 and 7 said God did what? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. I'm so glad about it, I don't know what to do. Are you with me, somebody? I'm so glad, saints of God, that God chose us, humanity, to be that part of creation that was so closely connected with him that it just overjoys my soul. Now listen, even the elements and, and atmospheric conditions and everything in all the world is subject unto God. But isn't it wonderful to know that God walks with us and God talks. Y'all ain't helping me. Isn't it wonderful to know that God walks with us and, and that God talks with us? Hallelujah. If you ain't heard the voice of the Lord lately, it ain't my fault. Help me, somebody. Glory to God. Maybe you're not positioned to where you can hear his voice. Maybe you don't like Sister Leanne said. You got a, got a little detached and found yourself not doing those things that were important and those things that put you daily in the very presence of God. That's when acknowledgement has to be made. And that's when we need to turn about face and confess unto God. And be restored in our fellowship with him. Isn't that right? Praise the Lord somebody. It's the very breath of God. That was breathed into man. At creation. It's the source of life. It's the spirit that governs our mental. And our emotional existence. I felt the spirit. No. You felt the presence of God. You felt the presence of God. The spirit doesn't feel. The spirit knows. The soul feels. Uh-oh. I see y'all looking at me strange now. Uh-uh. Preacher, that ain't why they call it soul food, really. This is what the Bible makes clear to us. It's what the Bible makes clear to us. Oh, my. According to the Word of God, every human being has a spirit. Isn't that the Bible? We read it. We read it in the Bible. Every human being has a spirit. Look at Job 32 and 8. Job 32 and 8. There is a spirit in man. And the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. Who can do that but God? Can't nobody do that but God. The soul is the part of us that houses our feelings, our emotions, our desires, and our passions. But it's the Spirit of God, amen, that part of us that connects directly with the Lord. The Spirit. One brother said to me, he said, I don't understand. Why didn't Jesus just go to the door and knock when those boys were in that locked room? After the resurrection. I don't know why Jesus didn't go to the door and knocked. And then he said to me, the spirits wear clothes. I said, I'll tell you the truth, brother. I don't believe when he appeared to him, he was naked. But I believe he went through the wall. He said, what? He went through the wall? I said, well, if he didn't come to the door, how did he go into presence? Can spirits do that? I said, Jesus did. He was resurrected in his glorified body. Yes, he did. Y'all looking at me like, oh boy. But how many know we're going to be changed? How many know we can't inhabit heaven in this shell? How many know that this body is susceptible to decay? 
This body is susceptible to death. But the spirit and soul of man are going to live eternally. Are you getting that? It's the soul of man that needs atonement. Why? Because the soul can transgress the law of God. Y'all ain't helping me. That's why he said what he did through the book of Leviticus. About the life being in the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission and or forgiveness of sin. I'm trying to close. The musicians are coming. I'm trying to finish, trying to wrap this up. I'm talking about the three-dimensional nature of man. We are made in the image of God. We are made in the likeness and resemblance of God. Praise the Lord. How many thankful for the Holy Spirit? Oh my, praise the Lord. Thankful for the Holy Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Let me clear something up right here. He's not talking about sinner people. He's talking about people that have confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who are living a life in relationship with God. Are we clear? And then what does he say in verse 20? You were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Since then, if God hadn't breathed into man's nostrils, he would have never became a living soul. He would have been a beautiful specimen of the image and likeness of God. But he would have never became a living soul had God not breathed into him. That's why you hear me say earlier that the soul and the spirit is the immaterial part of us as human beings that is given from God. It didn't come from Satan. It came from God. And it will live Throughout eternity. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And we belong to God. The death of Jesus Christ. Freed us from sin. Are you with me? Freed us from sin. I thought about it like this. If you were a tenant. In a building somebody else owned. Would there be rules? I'm just asking now. I, 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 don't, I, don't own, I don't own any rental property. I don't have any homes other than the one I live in. But I'm just saying if I did, if you did, and you made it available for tenants to live in, wouldn't there be a set of rules that went with the upkeep of that structure? Y'all going to get this in a minute. Y'all going to catch this in a minute. Whose house are you living in? Good Lord. I said, whose house are you living in? Can I get one amen? Brother Robert, whose house are you living in? It's God's house. Do you know there are consequences if you violate God's rules? Uh-oh, somebody. Y'all ready for this? Are you ready for this? I said, there are consequences if you don't keep God's house up. Somebody say, preacher, this ain't, 
this ain't an appropriate time or place. I think it's a very appropriate time. Because I want to tell everybody, we need to give God back his house. Amen. It ain't just what we put in it. It's what we put on it. Uh-oh, somebody. Hello, when we're walking around scantily dressed, preach, preacher. When we're walking around advertising, hello, somebody. This is the house of God. This, our physical structure, is the place where the spirit and soul of God reside. And if we violate his rules, then there are consequences that go along with it. That's the best way I knew how to present it. That's the best way I knew how to present it. Didn't the writer say that our bodies are the temple of the Lord? Isn't that what the Bible said? Should we pollute our bodies? Come on, y'all. Should we put all kind of foreign substances in our bodies? Should we introduce our bodies to all ungodly stuff? Should we look at stuff that we got no business? Should we handle or touch things that the Spirit of God forbids? No. Because when we do, we violate the building's rules. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Lord? The dwelling place of God? Then don't violate the rules. And the Holy Spirit related to me like this. Our bodies symbolize the outer court. Our souls, the holy place. But our spirit symbolizes that most holy place where the priest, the high priest, went in and made atonement for our souls. Stand with me. Stand with me all over this building right now. Well, preacher, you got me in a place where I don't even know if I belong to God. Right now, I'm I'm, I'm not even sure where I stand with the Lord. In other words, I don't have any concrete evidence. I'm not 100% sure that my soul is anchored in the Lord. Let's look at 1 John 4 and 13. Listen. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. If the Lord hadn't connected with you spiritually lately, something's wrong. Follow me? If the Spirit of God doesn't convict you of wrong actions and attitudes, something's wrong. If we slip too far from God's presence and things that used to be wrong aren't wrong anymore, we need to find an altar somewhere. You follow me? You follow me? We need to find an altar somewhere because it's the Spirit that lives within us that closely connects us with God. I thank the Lord for the Spirit of God. I thank the Lord for the presence of God. Somebody, I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And lets me know, amen, 
I'm his and he's mine. Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. Lord, help me just a minute now. Oh, yeah. I thank God. Praise the Lord. Everybody else may say this or that or the other. I thank God that the Spirit of God says, You are mine. You belong to me. Oh, praise the Lord. I thank God when the enemy had devised schemes and plans to destroy us, that it was the Spirit of God that raised the standard against him. Y'all ain't want to hear me. Oh, praise the Lord. But if it had not been for the Lord on our side, God have mercy, where would we be? Where would we be today, saints of God? Where would we be? And I want to tell you that if you're in this room right now and you sense the overwhelming presence of God and that spiritually God is reaching out to you, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that we can reconcile. Brother Barnes, we can, amen, glory to God, we can correct our wrongs. We can reconcile our differences and be restored back to God. There's somebody lost here today in need of Jesus. And Jesus has come to let you know his presence is among us even now saying to you, you're created in the very image, the very likeness, resemblance of God. You're the prize of all creation. You are not a mistake. You are not the result of circumstance. You are the apple of your father's eye. And he loves you with an agape love. Heads about, eyes are closed over this auditorium right now. You sense the overwhelming presence of Almighty God. You need to come to the altar of the Lord. The altar of God is open if you'll come right now. Now listen, I know Satan's schemes. I know how the devil operates. Some people, praise God, they say, I've made such a mess out of this thing called salvation. I've embarrassed our Father. I've been in and out of relationship with the Lord so many times. I just want you to understand that God's not counting. And He's standing right now with open arms, ready to receive you into His very presence. From the very onset of this service this morning, I felt an overwhelming presence of God that was in this place to restore and to rebuild lives. So if you need to come, the altar of the Lord is open. Come on right now. Come on right now. Saints of God are praying. Saints of God are praying. Praise the Lord. Anyone need to come, I promise you no one will look down on you in your misfortune. Nobody will think less of you. Nobody, praise God, will make fun of you or devalue you as an individual. But we're here to love you because we want to see you restored in right relationship with God. Amen. Some are coming. Some others need to come. I wouldn't embarrass you for anything in this world, but you know today who you are. You know who you are. Would you come right now while the Spirit of God is wooing you in the relationship? Listen, friend, this is proof of God's love. This is proof of God's love for you. This is proof that you feel His presence wooing you, wooing you in the right relationship. Do you believe that, saints of God? Come on home. He said, he said, come on home, my wayward child. Come on home. There's a place for you. You are welcome here. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, perform it right now. Perform it right now. Right now. In the very presence.